Welcome to the Bowling Guard Podcast. I'm your host, JP. What a wonderful time of the year it is, isn't it? Semi-finals done and dusted. From the thrilling Saturday night contest between Giants and Comet to what we expected on Friday night between the Ds and Hawks. My five takeaways from both games. Number five between Collingwood and Giants. Start off with the Giants Collingwood because that was the better game as I saw it. And number five, Jordan Ngoi is the very unluckiest person in Australia right now. How he didn't make all Australian is still beyond me. He was terrific last week against West Coast and even better this week against a star-studded GWS outfit. It was on Nick Haynes and Matthew Bunting. Nick Haynes' run was interrupted because he was on Jordan Ngoi half the time. So that was a must-stroke by, of course, Bucks playing Jordan Ngoi up fourth for the entire contest. And number four, Max Gorn might be the best ruckman in the game, but Brody Grundy is uh, not far away number two because he was outstanding. And my player of the game, because Jordan Ngoi had a great game. Don't get me wrong, Jordan Ngoi had a fantastic game, but Brody Grundy's influence on that game can't be underestimated. He was against Roy Lobb. Now, Roy Lobb is not a ruckman. He's a makeshift ruckman at best. And it showed right. He is skinny, yes. Brody Grundy ran rings around him in the field and played as a big midfielder in the end. I mean, he went back, he tracked back, he linked up play and he was great down the wings as well. Brody Grundy and number four. Number three, have we seen Dylan Shields last game in GWS jumper? I'm going with yes, purely based on this. The fact of the matter is the Giants need to relieve some cap. So they have to get rid of one or at least one or two of their big name players. And Dylan Shields looks like the player out the door. He's originally from Melbourne, so you can sort of see it happening. Essendon is in the box seat. Hawthorne are closing quickly, and I don't rule out North Melbourne as well or St Kilda. So that is number three. And number two, must stroke coaching by Bucks. Bucks gets a lot of hate from a lot of people that he ain't that much of a coach. He turned his entire team around this year in the philosophy of Richmond, having one big key forward, Mason Cox, who is not a goal kicker. He's not noted a goal kicker. He's not there as a goal kicker. He's there for the bailout kick that goes forward. He can go long high, and there's not many players in the AFL that can even touch him. So, Mustokes for Bucks, who has been, for me, the coach of the year. And number one, the Giants hoodoo. Is real. They cannot play at the MCG. I don't want to hear about the big column of this year. I don't want to hear all these other excuses. They can't play the MCG. And if you can't play the MCG, you're not going to win a grand final. Simple as that. Yes, they have talent. I know that. Yes, they have some of the best players in the game. Yes, I know that. But I can. I constantly keep saying to people, interstate teams struggle at the MCG because they don't play there enough. Melbourne-based clubs have the advantage of playing there. They know the ground, and I don't, they don't. And you saw that from the first bounce. Giants, even though everyone knows the MCG, knows the ground, it's a lot harder to play there. And Giants, even though they have some of the best runners in the league, they didn't cover the spread that well. They didn't cover Conley. Conley outmatched them, outmuscled them at every contest. And the Giant players, look, they were tired. And West Coast, and don't forget this, guys, Comer did play against West Coast in Perth six days ago, and they look like the fresher team. So just think about that. 
Okay, off to Hawthorne, Melbourne now. The five things I learned. And number five, Jack Gunston's miss was not the end all and did not change the game. I know Brian Taylor. I know what Wayne Carey. I know what Sam McCure. Um, there's a lot of football pundits. There's a lot of Hawthorne fans. There's a lot of everybody voicing their opinion on Jack Gunston's that miss. The finals miss that it will be replayed over and over again. 25 minutes out and snapped it and smacked the post halfway high. Yes, if he kicked it, they'd be down by, I think, eight points then. And going, and they had the wave and momentum in the game. But again, I didn't see that. I, I Look, Hawthorne didn't, check, didn't take their chances. Yes. However, Jack Gunston's 3 goal 5 did not, isn't, isn't the reason, and wasn't the reason why Hawthorne lost that game. Number four, Max Gorn. Max Gorn is one of the best ruckmen that I've seen in the last five years. His tap work is phenomenal, and that was one of many reasons why Melbourne beat on Hawthorne. You think about it, the tap work led to Angus Brayshaw, Clayton Oliver, and Aaron Vandenberg, Jack Varney. I could go on and on. Um, James Hans. So there was multiple players getting involved, and the quick release... Foreign Gorn and his running back and of course the marking ability on Max Gorn cannot be underestimated at any term and I think he's a smoky for the Berlin. At number three, the old boys at Hawthorne. How much really do they actually have left? I'm not saying Luke Bruce is old, but what I'm saying is Luke Bruce, Sean Bergroin, Judd Ruffett, Paul Palapolo, James Forley, what do they have left in the tank for Hawthorne's next premiership tilt? Because they actually were the players that didn't perform when needed. When crunch time came, those five players were expected to deliver. They didn't. So how can a bunch of younger players in their first finals campaign be expected, be expected to carry half the load? They just can't do that. And those five players did let, did let Hawthorne down on the ninth. Number two, Jack Viney is the best player in the AFL. Now, let me get my facts straight with this. He's not the best as far as talent goes. He's not as far as dominating goes. Back score. He's the best player as just a player, an overall player. Hard, contested, willing, fight to the end sort of player. He is what Joel Sower was at that age. Jack Viney is that for the next 10 years. Joel Sowa has been a model player for the last 10 to 15 years, basically. He is a superb player and one of the best of all time. I'm not saying that he's better than Dustin Martin, Joel Sowa, but I'm saying he's a constant performer. That's Jack Viney. Constant performer, constant professional, willing to do the hard work so his other players on the outsides can get their ball. And then number one, don't discount Melbourne to beat West Coast at Optus Stadium. I know a lot of people say there was no Darling, there was no Kennedy. How can they beat them? West Coast have had a week off. This Melbourne team is special. This Melbourne team very much reminds me of the Western Bulldogs team of 2016. Hard contested football side, ferocious at the front, and just waves and waves of regression. Contested football gets you on the inside, gets you on the outside, and big forwards who can deliver in crunch time. Tom McDonald may not be as talented as Jesse Hogan, but when crunch time comes, he's the man that you want with the ball. So I'm going with West Coast, only because it's at Optus Stadium, but Melbourne fans used to be really excited for this class on Saturday. 
because I think you've got a real shot of winning. This has been the Boarding Guard Podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed this.